0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I really could not be more excited today because I am joined by the super talented, incredible, amazing and most importantly, alumni of the University of Michigan, the APs, Josh Dubow. Josh, welcome to the show.
0: Well, thanks for having me. This is great. Looking forward to it. Just That intro, so.
1: I mean, we're really big on good intros here at the Tracy Sandler okay. Show. That's It's a little bit where we excel. The content, <laughs> fine. The intros, amazing. Uh, but yours is the best, of course, because University of Michigan. Unfortunately for the University of Michigan, Maurice Hurst of the 49ers, torn biceps, probably out for the season. I had unfortunate for the 49ers as well, but that yeah. I just feel for him. He's really had a rough injury go.
0: He definitely has. It's been a rough couple of years from the heart to last year was a bunch of injuries and now again. So uh, he's a good guy. And sad was sad to see.
1: We have another university of Michigan alum on the team. And that of course, is cornerback, Ambry Thomas, we'll talk about more, more about him soon because the 49ers kind of had some big news today that had nothing to do with Ambry Thomas. Um, but but we're going to make this the Every Tommy Show, so it's fine. Uh, but Debo Samuel is signed through 2025. It is a contract worth up to $73.5 million, 58.1 guaranteed. There's a number of incentives, all of the things. But Josh, their wide receiver one, though, I think he and Brandon IU could potentially share that title. But they have wide receiver one. He's probably their best offensive weapon. Let's not tell George Kittle I said that. But this is an important one for San Francisco.
0: Yeah, I think it was, you know, obviously something we've been waiting for since April when he first made the trade request. And I think, uh, you know, after a few, maybe maybe a week or two right around the draft, especially right around the draft, where I was like, uh, are they going to trade him? Are they going to keep him? Mm -hmm. Um, Ever since then, it's sort of been pretty clear that they they wanted to keep him. They were going to keep him. and It was just a matter of how long we'd have to wait until we got the contract done. And the first day, the day before padded practice, that first padded practice made a lot of sense. And lo and behold, that's what happened. And there was Debo out in the field today. Yes, there he was,
1: and talking to Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has maintained this entire time that he and Debo have been in communication for the most part, and they've been having good conversations and and all of the things. And I think sometimes we forget, and sometimes fans forget. Well, maybe we don't forget, but people forget. This Mm -hmm. is a business, and. Debo Samuel has to take care of Debo Samuel because honestly, no one else will because this is a business. The 49ers have to take care of the 49ers, but it was in everyone's best interest to get this done. You did not want to take away one of Trey Lance's best weapons, if not his best weapon in his first year as the starter. He's already going to have issues on the offensive line. So this became super, super important for the 49ers. They did find a way to get it done. It's funny, though, I was thinking today when we were talking to Kyle Shanahan this morning back on that press conference with John Lynch before the draft and how it was almost like a filibuster. He did not want to talk about Debo Samuel. And it was like, I'm not talking about Debo Samuel. The next nine questions were about Debo Samuel. And what a difference a few months makes. But Then it's interesting. Once you see him back out there and practice on the field, you can see that everything is fine. It's just it's business. And that's what this is.
0: Yeah, it was all a little mysterious cuz he may, he makes a trade request to ESPN you know, and tells ESPN he wants to be traded. Mm-hmm. Um but there's never really a specific reason why he want he wanted to be yeah. traded. It's obviously not about things not working, you know, on the field things are great in San Francisco. So it was like oh, always this mystery and then he was sort of mysterious about it on Twitter about I don't believe what people are saying and it's like well mm-hmm here from you you can just tell us why you want to be traded yeah. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. you can clear it all up just let us know so there's always this little bit of mystery like on the why was it that he didn't want to be used as a running back did he not like California did he not like Trey Lane you know, who knew you know and really? that sort of made it there's it an odd situation we never knew what the reasons were um as to why he wanted to be traded um and He obviously did, because he was the one who said it, said it on the record. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like some mysterious sources say he wants to be traded. No, it was Debo Samuel says said he wants to be traded. And it was always a mystery. Maybe maybe we'll get the answers tomorrow um, when Debo talks. I'm not real confident that he's going to really elaborate all the offseason things and why he unfollowed them on Instagram, why he he asked to be traded and all that. I think it will mostly be this is a business, and I'm happy to be here and move on. But there was always a little mystery the whole time of, you know, we never really knew the why part.
1: We never knew. And we... to your point we probably never will know the why part because yeah. i don't think he's going to come out and say after he just signed this big deal and then come out and be like well yes actually here are the reasons i <laughs> wanted to <be> right. <laughs> yeah. so i don't i don't you know really see that happening but it, you know when we saw him at minicamp although he didn't practice he was very engaged and i don't think that was for show i think that was just how he felt so You know, it felt at that point that they were going to figure it out. It was such an interesting time because there was the unfollow on Instagram, scrubbing his Instagram, then the trade request. And then it was kind of quiet. Like there was a trade request. There was, I know why I'm the only one that knows why. Mm -hmm. And then it was just kind of quiet and didn't show up for OTAs. Not that anybody thought he would. He did show up for minicamp to not get fined, um, in the famous, I'm just here. So don't get fined. (laughs) And It just was kind of funny. And then it just feels like everything is fine again. But here's my question for you. Does this become, in your opinion, a story the entire season? Every time Debo Samuel gets put out there in a running back position, is it like, well, there were all these offseason rumors? I mean, does this become a thing? Or assuming he plays well and everything's copacetic, this kind of just goes away?
0: I think it kind of goes away. Um, You know, I think... You because know, publicly, he's always welcomed the, the wide back. You know, he was the one who came up with the term wide back. He's, sure. you know, he's the one who demanded the ball in Dallas as a running back to score the touchdown in the playoff game mm-hmm. and got it and scored a touchdown in the playoff game. So mm-hmm. I don't really see him being upset about, you know, about his usage once the season starts. I don't, think, I don't think Kyle Shanahan wants to use him 10, 12 times a game as a running back 17 weeks out of the season. But I think there'll be times when, if running backs are banged up or it's a big game and they need something you know, he'll use them. And I think he will be happy about it and we'll do it and he will be used and everything will be fine. I, I really don't see this as a lingering situation. He seems pretty happy with the contract. Um, you know, he got, I'd he,
1: be happy he,
0: too. He, yeah. Be, he will be well paid the next few years. Um, and, you know, I think he's on a team that is good. You know, he should be very happy. I don't think, yeah, I, this does not seem like one of those ones that will linger and it will be Wondering about, you know, maybe if whatever, if the team plays horribly and you know things all go wrong, that maybe gets frustrated. But you know, assuming that things go the way that people think they're going to go, I think we'll not really be talking about, you know, the Instagram, the scrubbing, the trade requests, any of that come November and December. So,
1: gosh, I hope not. I hope we're not talking about it (laughs) come. Next week, come Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, It's funny in terms of the wide back role. And I, I've said this a number of times on this podcast that I feel like with Trey Lance quarterback, there does become a different skill set under center. And that changes the need to use Debo that way too terribly often. And a little bit to your point when you were saying, you know, if they need to against a certain team or there's they're beat up in the running back room, I think it probably, and this may be a very simplistic way to put this, but it would seem to you would actually behoove the 49ers to not use him overly in that role because you'd want to keep keep a team guessing like are they going to do it are they not you know if you're doing it every week which they're not going to do because it's just right. not sustainable on his body but I think the element of surprise and maybe not knowing how they're going to use Debo would benefit the team but maybe that's just a simplistic way to look at it
0: yeah well I think every defense is going to have to prepare that he's going to be back there right. 10 times no matter what because if mm-hmm. he is it's you know, one of the best weapons in the game, as we saw last mm-hmm. year. So mm-hmm. you're going to get the benefit of making other teams prepare for Debo back there, and you get to choose when you use it and when you want to use it, and you still get that, you know, make the other team worry about it and work on it and spend valuable practice time dealing with it and try to figure out how to stop it. And even if it doesn't happen, you're wasting their time and making them do it, and you get yeah. to decide when it's the right time to do it, and I think it's a pretty good situation for Kyle Shanahan.
1: So I have other things I want to talk about specifically with this team, but before we do that, there's other news that, that came today. We're recording this on Monday. It'll come out Tuesday. So it came yesterday for those of you listening and watching at home, but Deshaun Watson suspended six games. We'll see if the league decides to appeal Uh, personally as a woman and a woman who covers the NFL. I'm, I'm very disappointed, especially when you look at the findings and, and how they were called egregious and it's a six game suspension. So that itself is very upsetting. And I actually came in, I came into the media workroom today and was talking to a couple of our colleagues who were teasing me about something else. And I said, I'm I'm really not in the mood for the sarcasm this morning. Mm-hmm. So let's just, I just was, it was it's upsetting. It, it, it's very upsetting. Mm-hmm. That's no. not what this particular podcast is on, but it is, it's upsetting. And it just shows the priorities of the league. And I'm not saying that you should bet on games, but a full game suspension for that uh, and a six game suspension mm-hmm. for Sean Watson just doesn't seem, quite right. But with that in mind, this does affect San Francisco in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo, who is still on the roster. And for everybody who said this was why the 49ers couldn't get the Debo deal done, we can now put that aside, even though it never made any sense, but nonetheless, we can now put that aside. (laughs) But this does affect the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, because I believe there was a feeling that if Deshaun Watson was in fact suspended for a year, Cleveland now becomes a potential trade destination for Jimmy, I know there's some contract stuff that would have to get fixed there. Uh, maybe Houston, maybe New York, maybe Atlanta, the possibilities. I don't want to say they're endless because they've dried up <laughs> tremendously, but there are <laughs> possibilities. But now, so the 49ers was thinking about this day as well. You know, they were able to come out and say, Trey Lance is our guy, so now they don't have to keep talking about that. Now the Debo deal is done, they don't have to keep talking about that. So the one lingering issue that they still have to talk about that they <laughs> don't want to is when are they going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo do you see this Deshaun Watson situation truly affecting it? And just at this point, I feel like it could be any time in the next week. I also feel like it could be in a month.
0: Yeah, I think the six games is sort of the, the, not, the you know, from the, from the Niners' specific standpoint, six games is probably not a great outcome for them. Yeah. I think it, you know, it been 12 and maybe it's, you know, I think they, yeah. 10 to 12 games, it's like, okay, we could still have a chance when Deshaun Watson comes back if we can stay competitive for the 10 or 12 games he's gone. Let, Jimmy Garoppolo gives us a better chance to do that than Jacoby Percet. Let's make a trade for him. You know, full season, maybe they just say, okay, we're going to punt on the year. We're not going to be able to compete if he's out for the full year. Yeah. Let's not give up anything for Jimmy Garoppolo. And let's just work on other stuff. The, the six games, it just seems they're not going to want to pay $24 million for six games to Jimmy Garoppolo. So they're obviously not doing it with the contract the way it is. No. Does Jimmy want to go there? For six games, does he want to really, you know, redo his contract for that? I don't know. Is that the spot he wants to be in? I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe not. And then do they want to give anything up for it for six games? Is it, you know, is it that big a difference over a short period of time between him and Jacoby Brissett, especially with Jimmy coming in, you know, coming in late to a team and doing all that? Is he going to be able to make it that much of a difference? I'm not sure. So I kind of see this. Uh, I, don't, I don't really see the Browns eager to – give up a lot for it for him in a trade i don't see them wanting to pay him his full salary so again or anything close to his full salary to play six games so i'm not sure that this is going to clear anything up with that other than maybe if the browns aren't interested it takes one it takes one of the few teams left off the table and then maybe the Niners at some point will decide okay we don't have to trade we're gonna have to cut him and and move on well, which, which they have been against up to this point but that's probably going to end up being the the end result if you know unless someone basically unless the starter gets hurt somewhere i think that's it's probably going to be the result because I I, it doesn't seem like anyone is, is willing to trade you know, if you're willing to trade for him you would have done it right now if you, I agree. Anyone, anyone other than cleveland if they're cleveland obviously could be waiting for this and if cleveland's not willing to trade for him the next few days then it just seems like okay either we're going to keep him around and wait till someone gets hurt and hope that there's a deal by the end of August and cut him then, or just say, you know what, let's be good to him, cut him now, let him join a team. And, you know, I I just don't understand why they'd be that upset if he signed with the Seahawks. Like, are that afraid of Jimmy Garoppolo and the Seahawks? I,
1: yeah. I mean, I can't, it feels like if that's the reason they're holding off, it does. I mean, I, Get it. It's a rival. He's got a lot of institutional knowledge, but that Seahawks team is not one Jimmy Garoppolo great season away from the Super Bowl. I mean, that Seahawks team (laughs) is pretty much like, talk about a rebuild. They just signed their wide receiver, DK Metcalf, but that is a re... I don't even know if there's another word for rebuild, so it's not like that... (laughs) going to make that big a difference. And it's funny, I've made the argument before too on this podcast that if they were really going to be good to Jimmy Garoppolo, they would have cut him in April. Uh, But I understand that they wanted to see if they could get something for him. And I think at this point, you know, it is the right thing to do. And I also think at this point, why would any team trade for unless, like you said, unless a starter gets hurt, why is anybody going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Because like everyone can see that they're probably just going to have to cut him So why would you give anything up? And then there is the contract issue. That's going to have to be restructured anyway because I don't know that anybody right now is paying Jimmy Garoppolo $24 million, whether it be for six games or 17 games. I think that just seems like an incredibly high number. So at this point, I think it actually behooves the 49ers even to just, like, move on.
0: Okay, so I don't see anyone... Even if he's willing to cut his salary down to five million, whatever it's five six yeah. million dollars, I don't see anyone willing to give up more than a fifth round pick for him either. So uh-huh. you're really holding out. He's like, putting that much into you know. Do you mean did everything else? Now
1: you the do seem to hit on fifth round picks. I will say
0: yeah. that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if it's a fourth round pick instead of a fifth, well, that
1: that, and yeah. if it's a 1st yeah, round, yeah, round right. pick, you just
0: say okay. it's yeah. um, But are I, you I really like? The guy did everything you asked him to do. You know, mm-hmm. you drafted the quarterback. He did not. You know, he, he didn't ask
1: you to do that.
0: <laughs> never complained about it. Like came uh-huh. in, did his job. You know, performed last year. Never, never said a word about like, hey, you know, this pisses me off. Like, you know, or ne- you know, never said anything. It's like, oh, you know, imagine if we had drafted Micah Parsons instead. Like, th- maybe we'd be That's going right. for the Super. Bowl. You know, Like, like yeah. none of that. And did everything. You know, be good by. I'm him go. Like, is it really worth? I get it. if you were getting a second or third round pick, I totally get it like that's valuable Like a, a day three draft pick is it really that worth holding on to him and just going through this thing where he's got to work out on the side is not really part of the team is kind of there and sometimes he's jogging in the end zone during drills or fans carrying him on like a, like a, at some point yeah you know, and in my guess and my guess is once cleveland makes their final decision on this and I no one else did, I, it's just it just move. It's time to move on. Yeah, I think it's best for everyone.
1: Best for everyone, exactly. It's doing right by Jimmy, which I think he deserves, and he's earned. And he's done a fair amount for this organization as well. I mean, when you look at – a lot of people have certainly Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch being the biggest part of that. But when you look at when he came here in 2017 to where the team is, I do think that Jimmy Garoppolo does get some of the credit for that. And, you know, there is – I know it's a business and all of that, but there is a – certain point where it's like do good by him and it's also even like does Trey need it I mean I don't think I don't think it bothers Trey right but by the same token you do have the fan I mean it's just the fans are unbelievable because you know Twitter just rips Jimmy Garoppolo but then they then he's like jogging on the sidelines oh Jimmy like, it just really, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know it's, it's not really great for ev- anybody and if he's here, that means he does have to go in the locker. I mean, I just feel like let's let's just it's if we're gonna move on, let's consciously uncouple here and let everybody move forward and let the man find a team. I mean, the thing is, if they cut him at the end of August, then his his options are really limited, and you've really not done right by him. And I don't even think you've done right by the team. Like, what did that get you? Yeah, I
0: just don't think you're right. If you were getting a day two draft pick, fine, okay. There's like, sure. but the amount that you're going to get for him in a trade even if some starter somewhere gets hurt, you're still not going to get a ton for him in a trade because he's got that, con- that contract and no one, you know, very few teams can even fit 24 million under the salary cap much less would want to. So it's just the, the reward of it is not that high. That just take the high road, you know, you know, sorry. Sure. If he hadn't had this, if he hadn't needed surgery in at the end of the season, could you've gotten, you know, maybe a third round pick for him in, in March? Sure. But that happened. It's over. You move on. And is it really going to make a difference in the organization whether they get one extra day three draft pick or not? I I don't think so. And it's I think everyone be good to him. You know, create goodwill and good yes. karma maybe. And, and there you go. And and everyone can move on and be happy. And Jimmy can go somewhere. And if he goes to Seattle, maybe he beats the Rams. And there you go. Yeah. And help you And way. the Cardinals. Yes, them too.
1: Well, the cardinals will probably take care of themselves but well, yeah, the Army,
0: so. <laughs> yeah i
1: mean those would be you know he does do well against the rams
0: so being <laughs> yeah, well, a thing. a
1: healthy javier oablo does pretty <laughs> well against the rams so i i agree with that assessment so we kind of joked about talking about uh, Ambry thomas not that it's a joke because Ambry thomas is amazing but nice. the the secondary of the 49ers is markedly better i think yes. this is a, <laughs> I would say it's um, a night nice and day. It's almost like they're playing a different game than they played <laughs> last season. Entirely.
0: It, it, it really, it really is something the the difference back there. Where, you know, you had Amari Thomas and, and Lenore stepping in as rookies last year when they definitely were not ready to like they'd the, late late in the year. You know, Kyle Shanahan definitely said it, and now you've got you know Chararius Ward has looked great every day in practice. You know, Manuel uh-huh. looking good. You know, and now. Lenore and Thomas are your know, third and fourth outside corners, as opposed to your, you know, guys who are starting. It's a it's a market difference, and you know you put that together with the with the pass rush that they have, and you you know this defense. You know, obviously the offense has struggled a little bit in training camp for those who have been out there. Um, but this defense could be really good, and if this defense is really good, like you know, definitely, you know, we'll we'll make it a little easier on Trey Lance. No, you know, if you're yeah, you, know, you know you have to score maybe 17, 20 points a game. Don't turn the ball over. You know, and, and the defensive guys have, mm-hmm. have mentioned that. That that's includes Nick Bosa the other day. I said he didn't want to give give Trey advice, but basically don't make mistakes and, and we're gonna be fine because we're good enough around yeah. you. And, you know, I think they could be in that situation.
1: Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including major league baseball. NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today, or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's funny with training camp because I go back to 2017 when Brian Hoyer was the starting quarterback for a little while until he threw the ball to Kyle Shanahan essentially in the game. And that was the end of that. <laughs> but that's a whole other issue. But I go back to that time and training camp is funny because we're there every day. We're watching them play each other. And I remember the time kind of all of us were like, "Oh, maybe Brian Hoyer, like this could work. Maybe this could work. We were wrong. This could not work. But the 49ers defense has been proven and the upgrade in the secondary has been Pretty tremendous, I will say. Ambry Thomas did have that interception to seal the trip to the playoffs. So yes, even though he got thrown of the fire, he really <laughs> did a
0: good
1: thing. Uh, yes, but man. I think it makes and it's benefit. It benefits Thomas and Lenore. It's a benefit to the secondary for years to come because in theory, you they want Thomas and Lenore to be part of the secondary for a long time, and they want to develop them and want them to come along. And it is amazing what a difference. And again, it is training camp, but. It is amazing what a difference one player can make because I think iron also sharpens iron. Fred Warner said that the other day and in Charvarius Ward's just his presence seems to make everyone else better. Emmanuel Mosley had a healthy offseason for the first yeah. time in a while and he battled injuries all last year. He started training camp on the COVID list. So there were a lot of things and then he just kind of was injured a lot. So that certainly helps as well, but he's a good example. When you think of Thomas Lenore, uh, you know, man, Mosley was an undrafted free agent who they've developed and looks to be playing at a very high level. Um, Thomas third round pick Lenore, I believe was a fifth, That's fifth round pick. Yes, yeah, I think Elijah Mitchell was the sixth round pick maybe. Um, so, you know, I think it's amazing that what, what one player can do for that entire group, but, the NFC championship game really showed that the 49ers were potentially a really good shutdown corner away from going to the Super Bowl. Of course there were the quarterbacking issues, but Jimmy was injured and there was all that. Right. So uh, it has made a huge difference and I think everybody talks about his confidence and it's just this defense does look like I mean this looks it I know it's training camp and I keep saying that but it kind of looks like the 2019 defense plus
0: yeah, I think the, the secondary definitely looks better. Um, even You know, I think, yeah, you know, Sherman obviously w- was good in 2019, but I think the rest of that secondary, you know, you know Jimmy Ward has just only gotten better every year. Um, mm-hmm. his, you know, basically one of the, the top, in terms of coverage, as good as, you know, almost any of the top free safeties in the league. He, you know, he's he's right up there. And, you know, you know what you have in Nick Bosa now. You know, Nick Bosa as a rookie was good, but Nick Bosa right now is just at a different level than he was in 2019. And, you 2020 and 2021, um, you know, Eric Armstead has sort of just found his role now as, the, you know, playing more inside. And basically, you know, Chris Kacarek takes any edge rusher with a little bit of talent and just gets the most out of them. So, you know, the number of guys they have out there and the options they have there, they, you know, that, that front's going to be really good. And, and the linebacker group, um, you know, the three you know, is, is up there with anyone's team. You know, Fred Warner is as good a linebacker as there is in both Greenlaw and Al Sayre are both really, you know, so the depth on this defense and especially on the, second, the secondary is a position where guys do get hurt. You, you pull a hamstring, gro- you know, ankle. Yeah. A minor injury in the secondary is, not, is, is tougher to play through than other positions because if you lose half a step, like, yeah, you, you, you could be exposed. So having Lenore and Thomas as the guys who step in now as opposed to the starters, you know, the depth they have back there is, is different too. And, yeah, this defense this defense could be could be special, special. Now, now, maybe it's just the offense is horrible. I don't know. I, I, I could be the negative, but it does. Look <laughs> I, think, well, I, I, I do think, yes, I do think this defense is really good. So, um, think, and I, yeah, I don't think it's just that the offense has struggled.
1: No, I don't think it is either. And we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I think the one question mark on the defense is, of course, going to be Javon Kinlaw. That is the biggest question mark for that defensive line. And, and that's, and I think more than a talent thing is just a health thing. Uh, he did not practice Monday, but that was a planned rest day for the 49ers. So I think that's the only un- there's the that and who's going to be on the other side of Bosa. But you know, should Javon Kinlaw be able to stay healthy, should should be fine in theory. So that to me is the biggest right. question mark right now, or I guess one of the two biggest question marks. But there is so much talent in depth that I do feel that they are in a really good position. So let's let's talk a little bit about the offense. Uh, they have been struggling a little bit, but I I almost feel like. This is going to sound crazy guys so don't tweet at me or do whatever. But I think you almost it's almost like fine that they're struggling in training camp and it's almost good because your Trey Lance has said and Kyle Shanahan has said and I'm totally simplifying here and paraphrasing but that that is how they learn and Shanahan did say we talked to him on Monday that eventually he will get mad about turnovers but That is how they learn who didn't do what they're supposed to do and, you know, how they can throw the ball and all the fun things. So um, maybe they don't consider them fun things. But, uh, you know, the the offense has struggled a little bit. I don't think it's a testament of Trey Lance and where he's going to take this team. I just think offenses tend to start training camp a little slower than defenses do anyway. And the silver lining is that, if they play, we said before, if they play well enough and they cannot turn the ball over, if the defense can create these kinds of turnovers. But really, what have you seen from Trey Lance so far? And what, what does give you the confidence, though, that the talent and the ceiling is there?
0: Well, I think the the playmakers around him give me the He doesn't, you know, and we've seen it. Kyle Shanahan has gotten, you know, competent offenses out of, you know, Nick Mullins. Yes. Got an offense, move, you know. Like, no offense yeah. to it tonight. right right Kyle you love, love
1: Raider fans that's really what this comes down <laughs> to There's nothing yes, I do
0: put 31 points up against the Raiders in his first start so this is yeah clearly you know Nick Mullins was a uh, was on his way to the Hall of Fame that day no um <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Kyle Shanahan's the floor of this offense with Kyle Shanahan's scheme Iuke Debo Kittle you know, Elijah Mitchell, you know, the right, you know, they've got, they've got mm-hmm. some running backs and then a running quarterback. Even Traylance doesn't throw the ball at all. The floor of this offense is, you know, something, you know, it's pretty high. You mm-hmm. know, when they hit the ceiling of this offense and what the probably will need to hit the ceiling to compete for a Super Bowl is going to depend on how Traylance is, is as a passer. So I think that's sort of where we are, you know, the unknown heading to this. You know, is mm-hmm. he, get, you know, how, how good can he be on that? You know, obviously the big concern more than Trey Lance right now is the offensive line. Um, oh yes. Yeah. You know, Trent yeah. Williams is great, but they're basically questions of the, you know, you know, know Michael Lynch is healthy. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Mike Lynch, he's healthy. He's fine at right tackle. You know, he's not a superstar any, but he's perfectly capable NFL right tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not an area of concern for them if he's healthy, but you know, they could be starting three guys in the middle of the line who basically have almost no NFL experience. Um, if, uh, if Jake Rendell's has center, Aaron Banks, and Spencer Burford at guard, like, you know, that's that, that's a little bit of a risk with a first-year <laughs> starting quarterback to have the entire interior offensive line basically be three guys who have no starting experience in the NFL. Um, a little bit of um, and concern. So, and, you know, you're in a division with Aaron Donald. Um, I heard he's mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, you know, Apparently
1: so. Apparently, very good yeah, football player. You'll
0: know, be playing Kansas City with Chris Jones. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll know, be going at some pretty good defensive tackles throughout this year, and you know, the interior of that line is going to need to be, you know, at least average, you know, close to average, in order for this team to hit what it needs to do offensively. And right now, I think there are questions about about what that's going to be. There are there are many a <laughs> about what that's yes. going to
1: be. That I, if I were a Forty Nine er fan. I would feel better maybe if listening to what Trent Williams had to say today about Aaron Banks, at least because I feel like Trent Williams is pretty honest. And the way he talked about Aaron Banks and the changes he's seen, they were specific. It wasn't one of those things where it was like, oh, yeah, really see a big jump from year one to year two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was the jump? Oh, just a big jump. (laughs) He, he, (laughs) He got into a little bit of specifics. But you make a really good point, and I have been talking about that on this podcast for a while, that you have essentially a rookie quarterback with a lot of question marks in the interior of that offensive line. I think Kyle Shanahan can probably scheme around it, but one out of three of them is going to have to be really good. I mean, really like one out of three, they can't all three be lost and confused and average. One of them is going to have to be really
0: good. I think maybe more than one of them have to be really good is you got to hope that at least, at least two of them are not lost. Like if you have have one guy, maybe
1: that's more realistic. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. if you have one guy if you have one guy who's really bad you know maybe you can scheme your way around it and it's like okay we, mm-hmm. can, we can give that position a little extra help we can run the other side whatever we need to do once you get to two guys out of the five that are really bad then then you're sort of you know there's only so much a scheme can do I, you know like those guys yeah. don't need to be great they you know especially in the interior of the offensive line it's just more basically don't be awful is, is a good start and you know <laughs> you know get to yeah. average and you're
1: don't be
0: awful. <laughs> <Right>. it's, <laughs> so it's a motivational speech. <laughs> yeah, but basically, if you have an offensive line with Trent Williams and four guys who are average, that's good enough.
1: Yeah, like, because Trent
0: Williams is that good, good, and the scheme is good, and the other guys are good. You know, you just don't want, you know, it's a weak link position. You don't want a weak link, and especially two weak links. So, yeah. if those guys at least are somewhat up to close to average, I think they'll be okay. You know, but we have to see. You know, they haven't played an NFL games yet, so we don't know. You know, I, you know. Trent Williams talked about Aaron Banks being stronger, being you know, putting in a lot uh-huh. of work this offseason. Now we'll have to see how that translates on the field yeah. in games. You know, against real NFL defensive tackle. So um, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. So
1: I like what he said about Spencer Burford that he doesn't that he likes his confidence. It's like he doesn't know the bad things that can happen yet. Yes. And I actually I like that because I was like, if I were an NFL player which I won't be, but I would need that confidence because if I thought of all the bad things that could happen,
0: it would be a disaster. Yes. And there might yeah. be something to that. I, like no, that. I think I there definitely is. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard, I don't think I've heard a player describe it that way, but it is actually a good way to describe it. Like if you know, if I miss a block, I could get a franchise quarterback hurt and our season could be ruined. It's probably not a good thing to have in your mind when you're, when you're out there. Mm-hmm. So not knowing that that's the possibility is probably good. If you're a rookie, it's just like, you know what? Like, what bad can happen. It's just just a game. It's all good. It's and, a
1: game. Yeah. I've been playing this game yeah. my whole life. It's super fun. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. So I'll feel terrible.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, yeah. Maybe just uh, tell him to listen to, to next week's. You know, just skip this week's. Yeah. You know, yeah, nice. Well,
1: you should listen to Friday's because Friday has Cody Corner.
0: Okay, there you go. There we go. So,
1: you know, I think we'll tell him to listen to that one. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to make you do something that's super annoying because it's August. And early August at that but what is your prediction prediction for this team? Even though there's really no way to know. And a hundred percent, maybe not a hundred percent, but a high percentage depends on Trey lands. And if two of those guys in the offensive line are average and not awful, and there are all kinds of factors, but what is your prediction nonetheless? I
0: think they're going to be uh, nine and eight and in, in, in a wild card spot. So okay. nine and eight make the playoffs. So, um, okay. yeah, I think, I think the offense will still have, we'll have some issues and, but I think nine and eight will be enough. And if Trey Lance is clicking, you know, late in the, you know, if he shows improvement throughout the year and it could be a dangerous nine and eight team heading into the playoffs or, you know, mm-hmm. that, would, that would be the optimistic hope. But um, I think nine and eight, 10 and seven is a possibility, but I'll go nine and eight wild card.
1: All right. I like it. I've been, I've been saying 10 or 11 win team. I think 10 and seven is more realistic <laughs> nine and eight probably is even more realistic than that but you know what guys they don't call me 49 fangirl for nothing.
0: there
1: you go <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for ten and seven. josh thank you so much for joining me this was a lot of
0: fun Anything, fun. i will see you tomorrow
1: you sure will all right if you guys like what you heard and i know that you did make sure to leave us a five-star review and don't forget to follow us on instagram at fangirl sports network we are brought to you by bet online and i'll talk to you later bye all